Yo, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Double Down Podcast with me, your host, Ben Basunga, where I make ridiculous sports takes. And if they come up wrong or you have any questions, I double down. And usually on that double down, 50% of the time it's right every time. And that's what we do here. We keep it going. Thank you for joining me. We're going to jump right into it. And we start where we always start. The Shield, the League, the NFL. Why? Because we support nonprofit organizations here at the Double Down. And the NFL is the world's biggest 5013C nonprofit organization. So jumping right out to it, guys. The Super Bowl is over. The season is over. But the jokes are still here. I just want to point out last time you saw me, I told you the Rams were going to win by three points. And lo and behold, the Rams won by three points. Why? Because they did what we do here on the Double Down Podcast. They went all in. GM Les Sneed rocking the t-shirt that says F them picks is the greatest troll in all time. Why, you ask? A lot of people gave the GM of the Rams a lot of flack because he trades away the first round draft picks and he traded away for players like Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., Matt Stafford. He just, no first round draft picks. He said, we don't need them. We got guys that can win right now. And teams have tried to do that in the past before in the NFL and it didn't work. And this time it did work. And Les Snead needed y'all to know about it. So he wore a shirt that said F them picks with a picture of his own face at the Super Bowl parade, which, hey, when you win the Super Bowl, you can do whatever you want. Matthew Stafford hammered off that tequila, taking shots in the public, slurring his words. Hey, when you win the Super Bowl, you can do what you want. Aaron Donald takes off his shirt and flexing. Very intimidating man. And he earned the right to do so. That's what happens when you win. The guy had an 86% pass rush win rate. That means the other team said hike and then Olaid him with the little rug like he was chasing a bull to the quarterback. They put up no protection. And just like I said previously, that was going to be the difference maker in the game, and it was. So we move on to that. After that, a lot of people were talking about Matthew Stafford asking if he's a Hall of Famer, and Richard Sherman came out and was like, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford is born on the same day as me, two years apart. The dude is in his prime. Tom Brady played till he's 44. Aaron Rodgers is 38. And we're still talking about where he's going next season. At 34, Matthew Stafford has, if not, at least five good seasons ahead of him. Why are we talking about the Hall of Fame? The guy just won. Let him live in the moment. Forget the picks. Forget the Hall of Fame. The guy's here now. He is a Super Bowl winner. We share a birthday, so now he holds a place dear in my heart. So shout out to Matthew Stafford for winning it. One thing I will say is... Nas once told us all the coldest players have daughters, and Matthew Stafford has four of them. Coincidence? I think not. Like they used to call him in the day, Fratthew Stafford. Him and his natty bros used to get ham, and it's showing now. So shout out to Matthew Stafford being a cold player. I don't know if he's Hall of Fame material, but guess what? He's still got four or five years left in the league to cement that, and... Deep down, I think when it's all said and done, he will be. I I do think that's where he's going to end up. But again, who knows? Let's enjoy the moment and give the guys credit while it's due right now, today. Forget those picks. Forget the future. We're going all in today. Matthew Stafford did just that, and it paid off for him. A couple other cool stories from the NFL. One of my personal favorites, Eric Weddle, all-pro safety, pro bowler. The guy retired in 2019. He's hanging out at home on a farm with his family, just hanging out. Sean McVay, the head coach for the Ram, calls him, says, Eric, 
We got some safety problems. Would you like to come back in? The guy comes back for five weeks and wins the Super Bowl and then retires again. That's probably the coolest thing I've ever heard. You don't have to do the training camp. You don't have to play all the 17 games in the season to get your body beat up. You play a couple games at the end of the season to get your mojo back. You play the playoffs. You win a Super Bowl. And that caps your career. So shout out for Eric Weddle living life like a movie and recognizing it. Get a big ups to him. Now, we move over to the losing team. Joey Burrow did not win, and I don't know if he'll be back to a Super Bowl anytime soon. There are some good players in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, if he can get over his brother and his wife, he might be able to play football again. Josh Allen is there in Buffalo. Those guys are breaking tables right now, just chomping at the bit. They're freezing in Buffalo with no Super Bowl. So you know they're, this one hurts. So they're going to be back next season. So you got a lot of good, especially in the AFC. But Joey Burrow, I'm going to tell you this right now. He led the league in pass uh, completion percentage last year. The dude is the real deal. And how he handled the Super Bowl after the loss, you learn. He celebrated it with his teammates. He still got the respect. He is the real deal. He is the truth. And I... I I don't know if he'll be back in a Super Bowl anytime soon, but the dude will win and he will do well in the NFL. He is that dude. And it's good to see because a lot of the times you see all these people, they get all this hype and the pressure comes and they fold like a cheap deck of cards. They crack like Eli Apple did. And then you're like, he is who we thought they were, you know, and we let him off the hook. But Joey Burrow, he is that dude. He is who we thought he is. And it is showing off. And I think it's going to prove forward in his career moving forward. The funniest part about the Super Bowl losing team is Eli Apple. Now, if you don't remember Eli Apple, he's a cornerback used to play for the New York Giants. When he was drafted his rookie year, he was having so many problems with the team. The team called his mom to come to training camp so he can settle things in. Now, if you're a professional grown man playing in the NFL and your mom has to come to training camp for your behalf... That's not a good way to start your career. And that's where Eli Apple started, begging for his mom in training camp. Fast forward to years later in the league, Eli Apple gets cooked. He got cooked twice for two Super Bowl touchdowns in the Super Bowl. And NFL players could not get enough of it. From Chiefs wide receivers to ex-Saints to Lamar Jackson, everyone in the league had something to say about Eli Apple, and none of it was good. I don't know how you make so many enemies in the league when there's so few people in the league, but Eli Apple managed to do that, and I don't think I've ever seen a collective group of people celebrate someone's misfortune other than Eli Apple. The worst part about Eli Apple is he got cooked for the game-winning touchdown by a white boy. I, I remember I got beat by a white boy at basketball one time, and I had to change schools, so I can only imagine what's going through Eli Apple's mind right now. He's just sitting there in the closet like, damn, seeing nightmares of Cooper Cup. And you deservedly so. You can talk all the trash in the world you want. But if you're going to talk trash and you're going to get beat like Eli Apple did, you're going to get cooked. You're going to get smoked. You're going to get smoked like an apple, like a seventh grader. Yeah, that was Eli Apple. And it was embarrassing. And now he has to live with that. And I don't think anyone's letting him forget anytime soon. So talk your trash, but make sure you go back it up and win if you do. That's where you went wrong, Eli Apple. Now everybody's eating smoked apples till next season starts, and they're going to be coming back for that. I wish you the best, Eli, but don't go on Twitter. Don't check your Facebook. Don't, don't go on Instagram. Don't even go outside in the streets, Eli. Everybody's just waiting for you to, to take a bite out of that apple, so to speak. We move on to my favorite league, the Association. NBA is at... 
They say it's the halfway point, but it's more so two-thirds of the season. Most teams have about 20 or so games remaining, 22-23. And I was wondering this whole time how Andrew Wiggins got a starting spot in the All-Star game. Andrew Wiggins plays for the Golden State Warriors. Good player. NBA All-Star starter. Never has been. I don't believe he deserved it, but he got the spot majorly so because of fan votes. Turns out, San Francisco had a really big push to get their players voted in. And what did they do? They reached out to K-pop artists. To K-pop, and they tweeted it. One tweet for Andrew Wiggins to start in the All-Star game got over 40,000 retweets from a K-pop guy. That means you got a bunch of fans that know nothing about basketball, like, ah, K-pop guy told us to vote this guy in as an NBA starter, and it worked. 40,000 retweets later, Andrew Wiggins is starting in the All-Star game, and half the people that voted for him have no idea who he is or will never watch the game. Gotta love the beauty of democracy. So shout out to NBA for keeping it going. But we move on. The NBA dunk contest. It's not good. It's like Eli Apple out there. It's not good. It's bad. They're getting cooked. And it's and no one's liking it. The problem is, NBA players, you can't just dunk. You got to be able to dribble. You got to be able to play defense, read offenses, shoot the ball, all sorts of skills. Meanwhile, on the interwebs, you got guys whose whole day job is just professional dunkers. They just travel around, they host their own dunk contests. They go to gyms and tournaments all around the country, and what do they do? They're just practicing dunking. They don't have to dribble, they don't have to shoot, they don't have to learn offense, they don't have to travel, they just have to dunk. Now, you have NBA players, how can they compete with guys who are professional dunkers? And the incentivization? Before it used to be 105000 back in 2019 if you won the dunk contest, went down to $100,000 in 2020, and this year you get a paltry $50,000. If you're one of the best dunkers in the league, which don't always culminate with being the best players, but even then, $50,000 for an NBA player? Not that much. Like, maybe if you got some guys off the street, but at least you got to make the... To bring the dunk contest back to what it used to be, you got to do one of two things. Either A, Raise it to where it's like a million dollars you win the dunk contest and just get some like rookies, some guys that are high flyers. Maybe they don't get a lot of minutes, but these dudes are freakishly athletic and they want to dunk a basketball and get that money for it. So you may, you you raise the prize, a hundred million dollars. You have Nike involved, Jordan brand involved. Maybe you, you get like a specific dunk shoe or something like that. I don't know, but something along those lines or my personal favorite idea is you use the NBA players' competitiveness against them. So you have it NBA players versus these street dunkers in a real competition. So you got all these guys that are like, oh, I can dunk better than NBA guys that are professional dunkers on Instagram. Bring them in a gym against other NBA players. And I think NBA players' competitive drive would would send them a message. Or do both. Raise the stakes, bring in these outside dunkers, have them go against the NBA and make it a real competition. The NBA has always been at the forefront of changing formats. You saw it with the way they did the Rising Stars game. Now they had four teams. You played a 50. The All-Star game now has an Elam ending, which means instead of just playing till time, you're playing to a certain score. And you see where players used to never play defense. As the teams get closer and closer to that score, you start seeing the players start carrying a little bit more. Why? Because as the most one of the, the com- most competitive people in the world... 
they want to win. They just can't let themselves go. And I feel like that's a way to move the NBA dunk contest a little bit. Whatever they're going to do, do something because it is getting ugly. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I miss you, man. Zach Levine, I miss y'all. Whatever we did this year, come back. Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, I'm begging you, please. No disrespect to the other guys, but this ain't it, champ. And I saw the results. Shaq was out there sleeping. I remember Shaq used to have a video camera bug-eyed watching dunks. Shaq can barely stay awake, guys. It's not good. We need to do something about it. And I hope y'all reach out to me. I got ideas, NBA. Reach out. I'm here for you. But shout-out to Obi Toppin for winning the NBA dunk contest. He did it. It wasn't great, but hey, we'll take it. Moving on, Carl Anthony Towns. During the regular season, Towns got a lot of flack. He said, I am the best big man three-point shooter in NBA history. And people were quick to be like, Cat, you suck. And these guys were sitting in their basements at Twitter. And Cat does not suck. He's a great NBA player. But people were like, Dirk Nowitzki's a great shooter, better shooting big man. But if you look at the statistics... Carl Anthony Towns, better career three-point shooter on more three-point attempts than Dirk Nowitzki. He said he was the best, and then he went out and he proved it by winning the three-point shooting contest this season. What more does he have left to say? The man talked his trash, and unlike Eli Apple, he backed it up. And that's the important part if you're going to talk your trash, back it up. Carl Anthony Towns did just that with a, with a score of 30, 29 excuse me, in the three-point shooting contest and the win against guys like Trey Young and Buddy Hill and other players that are really good shooters. So, hey, he said he was, and then he came out and he pulled up. He shot a shot, and not only did he shoot it, but he hit it. So shout out to you, Carl Anthony Towns, for talking trash and not, not backing down, but backing it up. We respect that when you talk trash and you win. <clears throat> now, we move forward uh, to this guy, Russell Westbrook. Gets no love. The Lakers are four games under 500, and people just keep piling it on to Russell Westbrook. The newest, latest news, NBA 2K lowered his rating to a 79 overall. You're a Hall of Famer, one of the best all time. 79, that has you with the likes of some rookies and some guys who've never done anything. Being rated a 79 in 2K as an NBA player is essentially if every girl you've ever dated came up with a cumulative score about how you had sex, and then they put it out on the internet, and right now your rating dropped to a 65. And that's how Russell Westbrook is right now. He's getting no love and no respect from anybody. Here's what I say the Lakers do with Russell Westbrook. If he's not going to go to the bench, have him take early minutes as a starter, bring him onto the bench, wait till LeBron and AD go sit off the bench, and have Russell Westbrook come in and play five minutes at a time of your world ball. Being like, Russell, it's your world. You want to shoot? You want to attack? You want to turn the ball over seven times? Go for it. We're going to give you these five minutes to do what Russell Westbrook does. Give him a chance to show he's still one of the best players in the world. I think he spends so much time now thinking about his positioning on the court, how he is adjusting, and, it's, and he's not able to play anymore. He's now thinking instead of playing. And a guy like Russell Westbrook, you need to let him loose. You can't put Godzilla on a leash and hope he does tricks. You got to let the man roar, let the man run, let the man dunk on seven people, take restless, reckless shots the same way that he did because Russell Westbrook has shown you when LeBron was out and he had some really good games. He can still carry a team for stretches. 
So give him that stretch. Maybe one stretch in the first half, one stretch in the second. Five to six minutes while everyone else is resting. And see if Russell can recreate a little bit of that magic. And I think it'd be good for his confidence. Rob Palinka, Frank Vogel, I'm here for you. NBA in general, y'all need to find me. I, I got ideas for all of you guys. That's what I say they do with Russell Westbrook. And see if you can't get that 2K rating back up to a 79. Because a 79? Yikes, Ross. I feel for you. So I'm not going to pile it on for you, Russ. I think Russell Westbrook is better than a 79 rating overall on 2K. Just like a little bit. The good thing for Russell, though, is when it's all said and done, no one remembers your 2K rating. No one remembers anything once you make the Hall of Fame. And I believe Russell Westbrook is a first ballot Hall of Fame, regardless of where his career stands now. So hopefully he can find a little bit of magic in these last couple remaining games and make a run in the playoffs. I would love to see LeBron win a fifth and Russell Westbrook win one. Why? Because nothing makes me happier than trolling haters. And Russell Westbrook's got plenty of them. So if Russell Westbrook could troll his haters with an NBA title, that would make me happy. And I'm sure Russell Westbrook would be pretty pleased about that as well. Now, now that we're all set there, we're moving on here. And we go talk about an interesting topic of conversation that I was not aware of. But Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, brought it to the attention Kyrie Irving is not allowed to play home games in New York because he's unvaccinated. Now, the NBA in general stopped testing for COVID vaccinations. I believe 100% of the staffers and coaches are boosted, at least have the vaccine and are boosted, and 96% of players also are vaccinated. Um, so if you're not going to be testing for the players unless they have symptoms, if you're still going to be testing for the unvaccinated, let the man play. If if an unvaccinated player from another team goes to New York, they can play. So what's stopping you from letting Kyrie play at home? It makes no sense. I understand the mandate and the laws. But if you're going to have if you're going to tell me that no unvaccinated player can play, fine. That's fair. I completely understand. But if you're going to say that an unvaccinated player can fly from another state to play in New York, but a guy can't play because he lives there, that doesn't add up. New York fixed your mandates. I don't know what y'all are doing over there, but y'all need to get your game together. This ain't it, Chief. It is silly. It is stupid. And y'all need to get that figured out one way or the other. I would love to see Kyrie being able to play. Unlike other people, he held true to his word. And whether you believe it's right or wrong, it's not important. He didn't sit there and lie to you like Aaron Rodgers did. So shout out to Kyrie. I hope he can play in all the games. It's better for basketball. But mostly, that law just seems dumb as hell. And if Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is going to go on record for saying that, I completely agree. New York, look at your laws. Get something fixed. Figure it out. I don't know. Talk to whoever you need to. You guys got a new mayor in town. Hopefully, you can get some of this stuff squared away. But I'd love to see Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant play at once. And we're gonna we're looking forward to that in the second half of the season. So that's one of the things I'm keeping my eyes on. Moving right along. The Winter Olympics comes to an end today, the 20th, the Winter Olympics are over. I still didn't know they're going, but I'm always surprised when I find out. And I uh, I saw one of the shout-outs, though, shout-out to Olympic champion, though, Aaron Jackson. Now, Aaron Jackson is a speed skater, 500-meter. She's a woman. Um, she, she skates the 500-meter the speed skating. And Aaron Jackson had never been on ice until 2016. 2016 was when she got on ice for the first time. Six years later, she is a gold medal winner in the Olympics. 
And I'm like, this is how the sport where you ski on flat land and then pull the rifle out. Someone was like, man, these Negroes are beating us at everything. We got to figure out something we can win at. But if we ski on flat land, pull out a rifle, shoot, and keep running, they'll never, they'll never see that one. And you were right. We won't. But when it comes to things like speed and skating, Aaron Jackson, impressive. The United States has not had a f- female speed skate winner in years. And the one that won hadn't been on ice six years ago. That's all it took for her to be like, yeah, no, I can beat you guys at this. Finland, Norway, whatever y'all are doing up there, it's not enough. So shout out to her for winning that. Shout out for being a black woman winning in the Winter Olympics. Because I, I could only imagine what would have happened when she told her family that she wanted to skate. I, I can imagine my pair. Benjamin, you are going to skate? The ice is cold. It is hard. You are going to fall. And all those things are true. And I can only imagine all the flack that she got when she told her family she's going to start ice skating. They're like, we ain't going to those games. Uh-uh, it looks cold in that arena. When are you going to ice skate? Like, they had no idea. And I can't imagine all her friends were chomping at the bit to join her in speed skating on the ice. But she found a way to do it, and now she's an Olympic gold medal winner. So shout out to her. That's very impressive. And I and I do support black people winning anything when it comes to cold and ice. You're much better than me. I don't even step out there. You won't catch me at the Winter Olympics. But just you and the Jamaican bobsled team holding it down. Big shout out to Aaron Jackson for that. Canada. Canada lost in the quarterfinals for hockey. Canada. What's going on here? You what do you guys have? What else do you guys have? This is your thing. The United States lost in basketball like one game, and we were like, yo. We need everybody. We called all the superheroes. We had Batman, Superman, and LeBron James already to dunk on the opponents. We couldn't lose again. Canada, you guys didn't even make it to the championship game. I will say, the women did win the gold medal, as was expected. That is their job. The men, y'all lost in the quarterfinals. That is embarrassing. What else do you guys have, Canada? And besides protests and very nice people. I know you guys were like, you tried your best. You did You did pretty, pretty good. You tried, you know, but no, you can't. You guys are looking like the Toronto Maple Leafs out there. You guys got to win something. This is your thing. The Winter Olympics and hockey. Canada, this is what you guys do. You had your moment, and you pulled an Eli Apple, and you got cooked. Do better. I, listen, you guys, what else? Do you, you guys have lakes that you guys turn into ice hockey year-round all over the place, and you guys can't find enough guys to win against Sweden and Russia? There's like 12 people in all of Sweden. Russia... They do take drugs over there. I'm not going to say anything, but their doping allegations have proven to come back pretty accurate. So fair enough to lose to those guys. But do better, Canada. I know you guys are going to be nice and accepting, but you you guys got to win something. I'm hoping. And the one thing I love about uh, gold medal counts for the Olympics is that they only count really the gold medal, which is as it should be. Like a bronze and silver medal... They're pros. We don't need participant trophies. I mean, it's cool for the person to say, hey, you've made it and you did well, but gold is all that matters. So if we're going to do a medal count, always do it by gold. And I appreciate the fact that the Winter Olympics does that as their medal count, only counting the golds. Norway is up there as, of course, is like Finland and some other countries that are freezing cold year round. Canada, again, nowhere to be found. Do better. That's what I'm saying, Canada. You guys... I have nothing but ice in time. You guys need to start winning something. Start skiing. Pull out the rifles. Beat Norway at that. I, there's a possibility. There, there's a lot of options for you guys. You guys have a lot of cold. You guys have a lot of land. You have a lot of time. Do better. The Winter Olympics deserves better from you. The Canadian hockey fans deserve better. 
and uh, so do all the polar bears or whatever you guys have up there, Quebecois or Montrealians, Montrealians, nobody knows. I don't know what's in Canada. All I know is you guys have hockey, hockey and poutine. And one of those things is failing pathetically, and it is not the poutine. It is still delicious. So go get yourself a handful of poutine. Think about what you can do better, Canada. Which leads me to uh, some closing tidbits here that I have. Valentine's Day just passed. And my favorite story, I don't know if it's true, but <clears throat> according to Instagram, which is, it's crazy now how Instagram is the number one detective source is social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is now how people like confirm actual information. But according to Instagram, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, had two Valentines posted up in the same hotel at the same night. And according to both of the women, they posted on their gram that they were spending Valentine's Day with Stefan. They showed the gifts and they were both at the same hotel around the same time. I don't know if this is true or not. This is unconfirmed. But the thought of Stefan Diggs running routes from one hotel room to another, talking about, I'm going to go get ice, and then coming back 20 minutes later and be like, oh, man, this ice melted. Let me go get more to the other girl, is, mwah, I can't even, I, I, I can only imagine the back-breaking uh, hoops he had to jump through to make this work. And we don't know if it's true yet. I'm not saying it is. I'm just heard the rumors, and I think they're hilarious, but... It does check out in line with what we know about Stefan Diggs per his teammates when he was in the when he was for the um, the Minnesota Vikings. Someone went into the locker room and were like, "Hey, which player would you least want to date your sister?" And overwhelming responses with no hint of even questioning or thinking about anything. Stefan Diggs was the runaway winner with the player they would not want to date their sister. So I don't know if this is. Goes hand in hand, but it checks out. And so stay away from my sister, Stefan Diggs. You have enough women in the hotel running back and forth. So good on you, but that is hilarious. But speaking about somebody dating two women at the same time, this leads me to my story of the day. Where else do we go? The association. Why? Because they have the best stories and the greatest players to ever do it. When we talk about dating two women, the most famous or infamous, depending on who you ask to do so, was none other than Lou Williams. Love Lou Will. Shout out to Lou Will. Lou Will had two girlfriends at the same time. Now, I do want to point out, in his defense, they were both his baby mamas. So they weren't just like women he was just running around with. But they knew each other, they dated each other, and they dated him. So he made that work. And somebody asked him one time, they said, Lou Will, how do I get my two girlfriends to meet and date each other? And he already said, you messed up, player. They got to introduce themselves to you. And I'm like, man, that's a G move. So shout out to Lou Williams. But his story doesn't end there. Lou Williams was drafted straight out of high school when that was allowed. At 6'1". You look at all the other guys that got drafted out of high school. LeBron James, 6'8". Dwight Howard, 6'11". Kevin Garnett, 6'11". Kobe Bryant, 6'6". All these guys. Lou Williams, 6'1". He's a little guy. And he somehow found a way to be one of the greatest six men to come off the bench. A walking bucket. He never made it to an all-star game. But he made it to a lot higher heights, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's very infamous. Back in 2020, Lou Will went to his grandfather's funeral. R.I.P. Sorry about that, Lou Will. But that's not what got him attention. While he was out there, he was photographed at Magic City, the strip club in ATL, where he's the strip club in ATL with Jack Harlow. When they asked him why, 
He said he was just there for the wings. <laughs> in his defense, Lou Will does have wings named after him at Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta. And I have seen a picture of these wings. I get it. They look delicious. So maybe he was just there for the wings. He's a big wing guy. I love wings. I can't even be mad at him. But that's not where the story of Lou Will stops. My favorite Lou Williams story. Uh, back uh, earlier in his career, Lou Williams uh, was going to the barbershop in Philadelphia when he played earlier in his career. And he's like, I go to the bar. He went to the barbershop in the hood. That's how it really is. Security left. He's driving down. He's parked at a stoplight. A guy with a gun runs up to his window, knocks on the window. And this is from Lou Wills tells the story. And he rolled the window down. And the guy was like, get out of the car holding a gun to his head. He's, so he gets out of the car. And the guy that's robbing him sees that it's Lou Will. And he's like, man, I can't do this to Lou Will. Mind you, this is Christmas Eve. The guy's holding a gun to Lou Will's head. And he's like, man, he's like, I can't do this to Lou Will. And the guy, he's like, for everything you do for this community, and a lot of people don't know this, but before Lou Williams became a household name or in the NBA name, him and Meek Mill before, also Meek Mill became a, back, used to, became a household name, they used to go and get U-Hauls and go to Burlington Co. Factory and out of pocket, just out of their own pockets, they'd buy coats and sweaters and winter gear and just go give it out to the community and buy turkeys on Thanksgiving. They used to just do this out of their own pockets, no attention, no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook posts, just doing it for the community. And one of the guys, and the guy that was robbing him had been a part of that. And he's like, after everything you did for the community, I can't rob you like this, I can't do this. And the guy went on to explain he just gotten out of jail. He didn't have a job. He didn't have any money. He was hungry. And all he's got is this gun. And when the gun is your only weapon, that's what you use. So Lou Will, being Lou Will, he said, took the guy out to get some McDonald's. Gave him some food. They had a chat. He's like, I understand things are hard, but this ain't it, fam. This ain't it, champ. And if that doesn't say enough about a person and the things that you've done and karma coming back to you, that somebody holding a gun to your head recognized the work that you've done to the community that benefited them and kept you alive in that moment, whew, that just speaks of volumes to who you are and what you've done in the past. So Lou Will, he said he's going to retire at the end of the season. He's never been to an All-Star game, 16 seasons in the league, coming off one of the best six men of all time, an instant bucket. So shout out to him and shout out to all the work that he's done in the community. And he no longer has two girlfriends, but if anybody can make it work, Lou Will's got that kind of swag. And that's why we love him. And that's why I love y'all for tuning in and listening. We've gotten to the end. Thank you so much for being a part of the Double Down Podcast. I've been Ben Basunga. Y'all are great. Feel free to reach out with any questions. Follow us. Subscribe. Lonely Man Podcast. Double Down Podcast. I've been Ben Basunga. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next time. Peace.